0: And welcome to episode 54 of the Department of Metal Antiquities. Thank you very much for tuning in. This is Nick Cameron, of course. Sorry, I got a little something in my throat there. Before we get going in too deep, of course, uh, I wanted to give a shout out to my friends that are also running podcasts like us. Um, There is Fourth Line Voice in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, talking about hockey fights and the old time hockey, the enforcers. Uh, Fourth Line, or sorry. Uh, five for fighting in Florida doing the same kind of thing definitely check those kinds of those things out if you're like me you like hockey you like uh, old school hockey and not what what we grew up with and not necessarily what we have now being as I can tell that lots of our listeners are uh, pretty similar to age to me you probably remember Tony Twist and Bob Probert and Ty Domi and all those guys, but there's a whole lot of other guys to, to check out, that, and they're both going to keep you covered on that. Oh, bye, boo-boo. Uh, my cat is uh, walking away, apparently squishing her a little bit. Uh, not good, but um, if you are checking this out, because we are talking about either uh, Bruce Kulick or John Karabi, definitely want to thank you very much for giving us the time of day, and... Hope you, enjoy, hope you enjoy what we got going on here. Hopefully you're uh, you know, you can give us a two-week trial to see if our podcast is entertaining when it's something a little bit different. So, I you know appreciate you checking in. Appreciate everybody who listens to us on a weekly basis and all that kind of great stuff. The the fact that you all are here just keeps me, keeps me going on this, and hopefully we will keep going for a long time. But today we are looking at Episode 54, this has been going on for over a year. Over a year we've been doing this. And that doesn't even include our old Instagram chats, which I think these are way better than our old Instagram chats. But if uh, you really want to dig deep on either Duncan or myself's Instagrams, you can definitely uh, check that out. But uh, there's really not a whole lot to report on right now. Not buying a lot of vinyl personally, just kind of keeping a lockdown and trying to get a lot of things uh, fixed up. I had a bit of a rough week with the with the family but not bad just just rough in a rough in a good way but it was a long week and uh so as i record this it is sunday afternoon at 4 30 p.m central standard time and uh i'm gonna get relaxed and put a record on before i uh before i cook dinner for uh for the family and with that we cue the music Welcome to the Department of Metal Antiquities.
1: Where we remember what everyone else has forgotten.
0: As always, it is Nick Cameron of Glacier Musical, joined by Duncan Evans of Duncan Evans Music, Waxware, Moonlow, and What's Next. How are you doing today?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. It's, uh, it's all good. Um, yeah, nothing particularly major to report. So instead of rambling on about nothing, what I will do <laughs> is ask you who that was, as well as asking you how you're doing, because that music sounded to me like... The Beatles Gone Noise Rock.
0: Interesting. That is one of my favorite bands from the 90s that no one's ever heard of. They were uh, based out of St. Louis, Missouri and Champaign, Illinois, which are about four hours apart. They The band met at the University of Illinois Urbana, U, the U of I, is it where My stepsister actually is an alumnus there. And they were, uh, it's kind of like the Doors, Plus, uh, a a cello suite, right? The, the cellist, uh, I want to say the cellist is actually in the St. Louis symphony orchestra or was had some association with them. Uh, they're called the suede chain. I saw them a bunch of times. I saw them actually with a good friend of mine, uh, uh, Joe Tebow's band several times over the years. They did a couple of reunion shows about three years ago. And I was thrilled to go see that again, go see them again um that was from the only vinyl they ever released was a a seven inch single which had that song which is mississippi which is the name of the river that separates our two states and several other parts of the country and on the other side was hold me in the trees that's off of their first album uh self-titled i have both of those on cd and it's just i i i don't know why but i got a hair up my butt about a week ago and i texted the cellist jake who i'm facebook friends with for some reason don't, don't unfriend me, Jake. If you hear this.
1: Sorry, sorry Nick. I just have to stop you. Sorry. You've got Hair up your butt is. I'm presuming that is an an idiom that I don't know. I presume. Yes, you're...
0: yes, that is. The, there was not a literal hair up my butt. Right, um, we
1: don't have that idiom in the UK, so I know.
0: believe the etymology would be: you have a hair in your butt, so you stand up and get going. Okay.
1: Yeah. 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 Okay.
0: I don't know. I, nobody's ever asked me and I've never looked, but that's probably probably pretty close. So I wanted to get something that they had... I, oh, I know what it was because I got Joe's record on vinyl for his first one ever on vinyl. I wanted to get some other St. Louis bands on vinyl. So I, I, I sent Jake a message asking if there, were, if there was any plans of putting out their first their out two albums on... I have both of them on CD. There was talk about were they going to put them on vinyl? And he said, no, there's no talk. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll just buy the, the seven-inch and it a day cool cool yeah but as for me i am doing wonderful we had a rough week rough but good i mean not bad it's just it was just just a rough week and we are now at the end of that so yay and then uh wife's going to a concert tonight so i have the home to myself which is also awesome yay and today i'm ready to dig into one of my favorite kiss side projects actually
1: Okay, so we already know what your um, verdict is going to be, but we do not know what my verdict is going to be. Now, this is
0: anyone a- who knows me knows that if I'm putting up a side project, it's not Peter Chris. I'm definitely spinning it.
1: And in, in in actual fact, Peter Chris as well. In the case of the one we did a couple of episodes. Yeah, I know,
0: before. but that was surprising.
1: I know. I know. So yeah, this is Union, not to con- be not to be confused with the Union. This is a band called Union, formed in LA in 1997, and featuring lead vocalist and guitarist John Karabi, X The Scream, and Motley Crue, mm-hmm. guitarist Bruce Kulick, X Kiss.
0: And X Blackjack.
1: And X Blackjack, of course, yes. Previous
0: podcast subject, Blackjack.
1: Yep. Bassist James Hunting played with Dave Lee Roth and somebody called Eddie Money, who I don't know anything about. And then mm-hmm. drummer Brent Fitz, who has, I think gone on to play afterwards with Slash's band.
0: Yeah. I actually saw him with Slash about two years ago when, hey. when, when I saw Slash at the Casey pig roast, their birthday, their annual birthday party. Uh, Casey is of course, as I've mentioned a thousand times is the local major radio station. Um, so sure. yeah, he he's gone on to bigger and better things. He also played with Bruce Kulick when uh, the Kulick Brothers actually also previous podcast subject Bob Kulick uh, from the Meatloaf album, which I don't remember the name of that Meatloaf album because it's that <laughs> anyway. Um, when they did the the Kiss Cruise Band, the Kulick Brothers, and so uh, Jamie Jamie or Brent Brent Spitz. Brent, is that right? No, I've got names wrong. Brent
1: Fitz is the drummer.
0: Fitz, uh, is it Jamie? Brent Fitz, sorry. Uh, Brent Fitz filled in on drums for the the Kulik Brothers shows, I believe.
1: And hang on, I'm going to make a brilliant joke here. When he filled in, could you say, hey, the drumming that you're doing, even though you're not a member of this band,
0: it just fits. Uh, I'm just going to point out again.
1: Uh, Bumbleweed there. Yeah we, we, yeah, we can we can edit that out later. No, we're not.
0: We're not. Uh, Duncan is now a father, so he is fully equipped and fully qualified to make dad jokes. So good on you. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so it was now to tell the story of this particular artist, particular uh, pairing, uh, I guess you would call it a super group. The first time I heard about them was in Guitar World, when they announced it. The title of the little blurb because it wasn't—they never got a full article even in, in Guitar World, which is like the lowest level of uh, music journalism in terms of popularity in America, not quality, just popularity, because it's it's made just for musicians specifically. And the name of it was the X Men. So. Union formed. I want to say, yeah, in, in 1997 in Los Angeles, and it, it's important to discuss that time frame. One year before this, uh, Kiss reunited with the original members, and not long after that, uh, probably I don't remember. I think it was the next year, early '97. Motley, because Cr- at this time, at the time that. Uh, The kiss reunion happened john karabi was still officially in motley crew and they were working on their follow-up to the self-titled album which is on personally one of my one of my vinyl one of my vinyl one list and like dream holy grail list because it's so expensive um they had they were begin they were working on the follow-up which was going to be called generation swine and what excuse me and ended up being called generation swine however although John Karabi's voice does appear on the record as backup vocals Vince Neil came in and re-recorded all of the leads so technically John Karabi is on two records now before that you know so both of these guys lose their their jobs within a year of each other and that's when they that's when they decided to to form a band uh, also should point out the This album, along with the follow-up, The Blue Room, is going to be re-released on vinyl soon, according to Karabi himself, which he announced on Facebook a number of months ago. Supposedly it was going to be released in 2021, but as we record this, it is October 10th, so I'm guessing we're going to go into 2022 on this, but that's a big part of why we did this one. And also, I have found that when we do something, we get on threads you know, six degrees of separation, as it were, like we did Peter Chris. Oh, well, let's do Briss again. And then which leads us to Karabi, which, you know, and it just kind of goes on that way. So you have these two guys who are both very talented musicians that started a hard rock band, and they called it Union. There was a fan contest for the name, I believe, which I think is a terrible idea. But, you know, what can you do?
1: It's not a great name. I'm, it's one of those names that, well, a there's other bands called similar names. Although to be fair, The Union started later. But when you call a band, just a, a really um, popular, a really common word. That's the correct you're looking for. It's really difficult to find out stuff about them. Like you type Union into YouTube because you want to hear them, and it's not going to show you the band. And then what you type, if not band and then it's like oh there's other bands with songs called union and then so you have to like type union band kulik 1998 and then you kind of get there but yeah eh, one of those things
0: yeah that's that's a really really good point it's not and i mean not that it mattered that much at the time because you know the internet existed but it's not it wasn't the ubiquitous thing that we all carry around in our pockets like it is now yeah. But it's a not googleable name. Your band, if you if you have a band and you're working on an album, you should have a googleable name.
1: Yeah, and I guess there's lots of but big massive band. I'm just thinking now, like Blur and Oasis are two bands, massive in the '90s in the UK. That if they'd have started a bit later, might have found it a little more difficult. But yeah, but those are huge bands. So yeah, if you're starting a new band,s. Um, yeah, it's difficult if you call it a really generic uh, word. But anyway, we're we're uh, we're getting sidetracked. So yeah, so so they had a fan contest for the for the name.
0: Yeah, which I mean that's just a terrible idea. And then, you know, they went on to do a couple tours. They did a live, they did this album, a live album, a follow up album. There was a live DVD that I've never seen. Uh, the 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 studio LPs actually, I believe, were pressed vinyl originally back in the 90s as well, but when it comes to 90s pressings of anything, it's it's not, I, I always get concerned about quality, to be perfectly honest with you, because vinyl at that time was more of a novelty rather than reality. For, oh yeah, but term. yeah, it
1: started to get ridiculous, very, very, well, what they were apparently doing was melting down unsold vinyl and then using that to, to press new vinyl records from And 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 also pressing it like a really really low weight thin um, levels basically. Yeah,
0: and which I mean that's been something that's gone the the really thin records has gone on for a long time, but yeah it's so I always get then that's honestly the 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 Motley Crue record I was you know opining about a few minutes ago. I am really. Squiffy about actually spending the money on that because it's from 1995. Is it going to sound like anything good? I don't know.
1: Well, it's Motley Crue, so it's debatable whether it will. Anyway, oh,
0: uh, but it's in my (laughs) opinion, it is my absolute favorite Motley Crue album, and I do like Motley Crue. That was one of the first bands that I got into as a kid. That was metal, as it were.
1: Yeah, I like Motley Crue as well. I like I I I completely get why people would hate Motley Crue and- Oh, totally. Nope, part part of me agrees with that, but I also really do like Motley Crue. So no, don't get me wrong. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, a good good bit of trashy riffage and- um,
0: That is, I mean, Motley Crue is the perfect sleaze rock band.
1: Totally, yeah, 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 absolutely. They were Guns
0: N' Roses until, they were Guns N' Roses until Guns N' Roses came and perfected what Motley Crue was doing.
1: That's correct, yeah, totally agree with that. That was crazy. But
0: now, when it comes to the track by track on this, uh, I love every song on this album. I have loved every song on this album for a very long time. I got this originally, my copy on CD, which actually I showed Duncan on the, the, the Zoom meeting before we started, it was really that I bought it day of. I bought it day of, most likely at the Streetside Records in my local neighborhood, which now is the Qdoba Mexican Grill in my local neighborhood because record stores are not what they once were. But so I've had it for that long and I can remember listening to it or listening to back when I made mixtapes, when I worked at Calido Chili Traders in Union Station, I can remember sitting at the desk, sitting at the desk in the back, eating my lunch, listening to them on on my mixtapes. I mean, that's how far back this goes
1: yeah yeah no for sure man for sure so obviously something that's uh that that you feel very connected to now i had never heard of this band um i'm as i always say i don't know a whole lot about kiss i know more about them now from chatting to you on the podcast from you're welcome um and you know some of it's great, some of it's not for me I don't think they'll be one of my favorite bands or anything like that but uh, but it's always interesting to learn more about these things So um where am I going with this so basically um I didn't know what to expect at all, not whatsoever from this I had no idea.
0: I am very interested to hear what you're going to say about these tracks probably far more than, anybody else is going to be interested in what I have to say, because I've already told you, I, I love this album start to finish. Uh, our good friend Danny actually asked me a couple of weeks ago when he heard what I was, what I talked about on the glacier musical podcast about iron maiden. He said, is there any album you consider perfect? Is there any album? Cause you are a very harsh critic. Actually, this is an album I would consider perfect. I love wow. this album start to finish.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: So right. I I will chime. In. I'm gonna let Duncan lead the track by track. I'm gonna let Duncan speak first on every track by track, and then I am just gonna chime in after a little bit to say what about that song I liked, and then I'm I'm not gonna say much on this. On the That's sum up, fine. we'll talk more. I'll talk okay.
1: more. Me. just quickly before we go into the track by track. I, I just want to say why this is a lost album. So essentially, this band kind of came and went. Um, I believe they did a tour. Like the, al- the album did okay, actually. I think considering that this was not a name band, this was kind of a super group, but a super group with nobody absolutely massive in it, even though the people had been in massive bands. It yeah. wasn't like Gene Simmons from Kiss or Vince Neal from Motley Crue, you know? Right. So It's
0: an I odd guess- supergroup. It is a super group with a lot of name recognition, Yes, but not the names that get the name recognition. You're absolutely right on yeah, that. And sure. uh, the first album, I think, sold 30,000 copies ish, which yeah. considering they were on. Oh, God, I have a CD in my hand that I didn't like spit. They, I mean, they were on Spitfire Records at one point. They, they had three albums and they were on three labels. Yeah, yeah. And they just they just couldn't they just couldn't break through because. They were old. They were they were not very popular members of very popular. They were v- not very popular replacement members of very popular bands. Yeah, exactly. That yeah. the the fans of those bands were all only all too happy to see them kicked to the curb.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, for sure. And I think like they did a tour of. Small club venues, didn't mm-hmm. they? Like a very, I think it describes it on Wikipedia as a grassroots tour. um So yeah, so I so I guess that's why this qualifies for for our podcast. Well,
0: uh, I, I think only only big Kiss fans and big Motley crew fans, like the really serious on both ends, no have ever heard this album. Again, this one sold thirty thousand, and the next one sold like ten thousand. Sure. So they they sold a reasonable number for an indie, and then they lost most of what they had done. When I saw them, I saw them on the second tour, which was the Blue Room. And for that tour, you were allowed to have a free meet and greet with the band if you brought a copy of the new album. And it still sold a third or a half of what the first one did. Yeah. And I had seen... The week after I saw Union, I saw the greatest Kiss tribute band I've ever seen, which was a band called Kiss Army, and they had five times as many people at the venue as Union did. Wow! There you go. There you go. So that's why, no, nobody just nobody really gave them a chance.
1: Sure, sure. Okay, right. Let's get into it then. So, I, look, I'm just going to leave this then. Nick, can you just interject oh, yeah. if, you want, if that sounds all right? Perfect. Cool. So the first track, Old Man Wise. OK, so we've got a, a kind of bluesy, post grunge riff. I thought it was a very cool riff. It's a steady kind of mid-pace. You've got some great vocals, bluesy, gruff vocals. There's a couple of almost slightly new metal elements, just like 3%, you know, and it is 1998. Like, you've got this drop tuning, you've got a certain feel to it um to be to be honest as, as we go through the record i didn't think that really persisted so may, maybe i was wrong there but that's i just got that impression for five seconds you hear
0: new metal in the same way you hear psychedelia okay you you hear a hint of it and go oh it's there i hear the psychedelia where no one else can hear it yeah, sometimes it sure- you're like sometimes you're like that with new metal too and i think yeah. this is one of those times
1: fair enough i think maybe it was more post-grunge than new metal really yes
0: this is this is the first album bruce kulik did after carnival of souls
1: right right
0: so there's still and i think and a lot of people myself included felt that carnival of souls was bruce's best work in kiss so it's right. obvious to understand it's obvious to see why that may have persisted into his next project
1: yeah yeah so, yeah, you've got this kind of unsettling Alice in Chains or Tool-esque verse. The vibe in the verse has like, you've got lots of slightly sort of dissonant um, bits of chords going on. Um, some great melodies, very strong melodies. Um, and then it goes quite poppy. So it goes from being quite dark and heavy and, heavy, sludgy, bluesy, tool-esque to, like, alt-rock pop, I suppose. So, like, Stone Temple Pilots, this Jane's Addiction-ish, you've got these jangling guitars in the chorus, Alice in Chains-style vocal harmonies, Um, but very palatable, very easy to listen to. Um, But there's nothing wrong with that, you know. I think it's a strong song. I think it's quite populist 1998 alternative rock, but I think it just kind of steers clear of being cheesy. And what it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like they're just trying to fit in with what was going on at the time as a kind of sellout mood. It sort of feels genuine. I liked it. I think it's very strong, production's brilliant. Um, Oh, and by the way, the producer, Kurt Cuomo, co-wrote most of the songs as well with kulik and Korabi. just to just to say great guitar solo i'm not sure who plays the solos is it probably it's both? bruce it's always, always bruce always bruce right okay fine so really, if you
0: have bruce in the band you're not gonna let anybody else play solos that's just stupid you
1: know, he plays great he plays great so yeah look i liked it um i liked it i thought it was kind of poppy but it was meant to be and it somehow just did this thing where it it does a few things that i might ordinarily say would be cheesy but it just avoids being cheesy it's just really good um so yeah i like it you know
0: uh to be clear because i actually grabbed this cd out because i'm gonna stick it in the car after we finish this i gotta go run some errands and i'm gonna i i grabbed that and i also grabbed the motley crew self-titled so yeah i mean it's obvious i'm I'm very much in love with this album and, and the members of this band. Uh, so I, there's gonna be no objectivity for me, but for this song, I have always loved this one. It's, you know, it's got really great lyrics and this whole album I think is full of amazing, wonderfully done lyrics that are subtle and in your face simultaneously. Bruce's guitar work, he holds, Holds it back just far enough so where he's very dexterous but not not exploding oh. all over everything. You know, he's I very, totally
1: agree with that. Yeah, you can very hear tasteful. It. Yes, you can hear that he can really play, but he's not just doing that all the time to show off. He just he uses that as a tool within his toolbox when it's Correct. necessary.
0: Correct. But and
1: a lot of I mean, he isn't doing that because it's not necessary. He's, you know, yeah, great. I'm
0: actually surprised you didn't see any psychedelia on this one, because I did. Actually, I um, see, I see like, psychedelia all over this album.
1: Yeah, for sure. On some of the later songs, I've definitely... In fact, even on the next song, I've said psych, psych influence. So... So, yeah, um, maybe I just missed it on the first one and saw new metal instead for some strange reason. but um, okay, so let's go um to around again, which is well, track real two. quick,
0: one okay. last thing before we move on. I-, I think this song this song is a great opener because it's one of the best it may be the best song, like best constructed song on this record, and it really shows to me, to me, how strong of a band this is and how strong of uh writers and players that the two principles are and they didn't really get to show that in their previous bands
1: yeah sure no it is a great band a great band and everything is very well constructed like you say um totally agree with all that um Okay, so track two around again. Um, so it's slightly faster, but still quite steady. It starts to remind me a bit of Soundgarden. Uh, so we're not a million miles away. A- again, no. it balances a post heavy post grunge sound with this poppy alternative rock thing.
0: Think uh, about the, the bands that these two guys were in that they're most oh, famous for. They're they're most famous for being in pop metal bands that totally. whose last albums were grunge inspired.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the chorus is quite poppy again but again it just avoids being super cheesy it's like there's just enough darkness and quite a lot of soul here it feels real it feels serious rather than just throw away or rather than oh we're just trying to do something that will be popular because people are like it feels like they mean it feels genuine um, very Alice in Chains vocal harmonies in the chorus, again. There's a lot of that going on throughout this album. Um, I really like the solo. Again, it's one of these great solos that's just... Because the thing is, solos are so... Look, guitar solos have been done since... Uh, well, for, for, for who 2020? knows? Twenty. Exactly. But certainly since let's say the 1950s, this type of, so since rock and roll, this type of guitar solo has been done. And like still nowadays, there's bands that will crank out a solo that's pretty much exactly the same as something that Chuck Berry might have played. And that can be fine, but it does get to a point where you think I've heard this a zillion times. I know exactly what you're going to do. Whereas what he does here is he does... He borrows some of those sorts of um, tropes, but he does some weird stuff, some completely weird stuff thrown in, but not just totally weird like this makes no sense. It just puts a new spin on an old idea, reframes it. And it's yeah, it's good. It's very classy. It's got a bit of oddness, but still um, flows and it's cool. Um, so, yeah, I like it. So I would say this is like uplifting, melodic, psychedelic infused alternative rock.
0: There but we go. Again, psychedelic.
1: Yeah, exactly. But it's got just enough darkness like there's just that bit of darkness that just keeps it cool and stops it being cheesy. So, yeah, you know what? I like it. And at this point, I am feeling good about this album. I'm thinking, wow, this is to be absolutely honest probably quite a lot better than i expected it to be so i can yeah.
0: completely understand that there is no reason why your average person who's not you know waist deep in these two musicians when you consider karabi karabi comes into motley crew and motley crew goes from an arena band to a club band overnight yeah. to the point where in the dirt tommy lee or nikki six i forget which one whichever i don't give to i don't i don't care which one it was it was one of those Jackasses says they're they're at a radio station and they say, okay, you know what, everybody, this concert is free. Come on down, and they still only got two hundred people.
1: Wow, yeah.
0: And yeah. he said, if I had said that five years ago with Vince, it would have been a riot. And Motley Crue fans did not accept Karabi. No other way of putting it. I, as a person who came in on Black Sabbath on Ronnie James Dio, I am very much. I am far more sensitive to replacement members especially singers than most yeah. people for some reason the change of singers and bands is something that really puts people off and the lead singer swap is a very real thing
1: oh definitely
0: so, so and then you have bruce kulik who frankly up to this point bruce Kulick had only been on one kiss record that kiss fans by and large loved there was a lot of division because but if you look at Bruce Kulik, this is our third album we have done with him playing lead guitar yeah. and you look at blackjack and it was, you know, what uh, bluesy AOR, very tasteful, very mellow. Uh, then he did post grunge kiss. Now we got post grunge union. If you go back to his eighties work with kiss, it's also very different yet again. And if you go to his post union work, In his solo albums, it's also very different. Again, this man has a toolbox the size of Missouri. He has an extraordinarily large vocabulary and he knows what to play and where. And then you have Karabi, who uh, I'm going to... Okay, I'll get get to Karabi on the next one, actually.
1: Cool. Yeah, no, no, no worries. Um,
0: I'm trying to be succinct, but I'm not going to be.
1: No, it's great. You've got an encyclopedic knowledge of all this stuff. So it's, it's good to hear this stuff. Um, OK, look. So track three, Pain Behind Your Eyes. Whew, buddy. So starts unsettling, but melodic and catchy, clean chorus guitar. Uh, and then it kicks in like to quite a fast rock type of groove. And again, it's kind of bluesy, psychedelic alt rock. Strong melodies, catchy, really catchy chorus. You've got this repeated, uh, this this delay effect hook, where they where they use the delay effect to fill the space, and it becomes part of the hook that you sing. So it like goes, I know, I know, you hear, you hear, etc., etc. And it's good. It's very catchy. Um, it changes gear to a middle eight, um, the Americans call a bridge with a cool solo, um, which I like. So, yeah, look, it's, it's good. We're going uh, along the, the same type of path. We're continuing the same sort of style, strong songs, um, quite poppy, but still heavy. And yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it.
0: This song, I think, and this is where I'm going to really just gush over Karabi. Cause I think with most people, when they think of John Karabi, they think of the the singles from Motley Crue, Hooligan's Holiday, and Power to the Music. And I, I wouldn't say on either one did he really sing melodically, and, and not much of that album. And when you when though no, and I don't really remember any significant melodic singing from him on that album. I don't even remember a single ballad on that album. Maybe it's there. I don't know. I'm gonna listen to it today. We can talk about it next week if anybody cares. But hmm. When, you know, Vince had several ballads that they put out, Home Sweet Home, um, Without You, I know there's more that I just can't remember off the top of my head. And, you know, he could in the studio be coaxed into a melodic voice, but I don't think most people realize that John Karabi could do that too. And here we have this song, which, I mean that, the pain behind your eyes, you know, that that all the the lyrics on this one really resonated with me at the time and still resonate with me and then his he sings beautifully on this album just on this song excuse me sings beautifully on this song and this it's just maybe it's cliche maybe it's not maybe maybe i'm remind it's reminding me too much of lyrics from you know side three of the wall but i love this song and There's just been nothing yet where I've been like, "Uh, I don't know, man. And that's that's why it pains me so much that this band was so criminally ignored.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree with that, man. Um, And yeah, just wanted to say lyrics. I actually didn't pay a whole lot of attention to the lyrics for whatever reason, but I, I noticed a few bits. And yes, what I noticed is that they did not seem to just be generic cliche nonsense lyrics they seem to be a little bit classier than that a little bit more idiosyncratic a little better thought through even though there's still some of those rock and pop tropes in there that's fine because they seem to be doing something a little bit different and individual
0: with them the lyrics are very different from both of these gentlemen's previous bands sure sure
1: so okay track four love brackets i don't need it anymore So, all right, we've got a slinky, trashy, sleazy riff, like one of those motley crew slash kind of Alice in Chains type riffs, I suppose. Some cool, weird noise blues harmonies in a wah pedal. It's Again, it's unusual and it's interesting. It's like a new take on this sort of riff. It's not just derivative. It takes it from a slightly different angle. There's some unusual notes going on in there, borrowing from a few different scales and stuff like this without getting too technical, but it's cool. It's different. It's a bit of a subversion of that type of riff. I like it. Then it goes, woo, very pop hair metal. Changes gear a bit. But you know what? It, it is cheesy, but it just works because it's strong. I have to say, I love the chorus of this. This was my this was my standout moment of the whole album. Okay. It's total pop rock cheese, like a heavier version of Springsteen or Tom Petty but it's just great. When it's, you know, when it's strong, it's strong. It, it's, it, it just does it so well. Um, you've got this bit of a bluesy edge and and they're just great. They just perform it brilliantly. And uh, it's a really strong, like iconic should be a classic type of chorus. Um, yeah. And it changes gear about twice for two different solos and you've got this short delay twang guitar tone, like a bit Skinner, desk, kind of slightly country influence. I'm a sucker for that type of guitar tone. I love it. So, um, yeah, great The highlight for me right there.
0: At least half of my suggesting this album is just to get more people to hear this one song.
1: Yeah, this is
0: if I were going to do a top 50 songs of my life. And I mean, I've got 800 records over there and boxes of CDs. I mean, there's thousands upon thousands of digital albums that I've got. You know, I've got a lot of songs in, in my life. This is, this would probably be in the top half of my top 50 songs. This is such perfection. Old Man Wise was the single, but this should have been
1: sure yeah it's a fantastic song yeah absolutely absolutely and
0: this song is better than anything they did with their previous employers period
1: sure 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 man
0: yeah okay
1: so yeah really really like that song a lot um next one heavy d i don't know um what it means exactly but uh but anyway heavy d so Balladish verses, 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 like clean (laughs) guitar arpeggio. And I've written actually in my notes, I've written vias, very, very, I don't know what I'm doing with that word today. So clean guitar arpeggios, heartfelt, uh, you know, balladish vocals, really good control of the voice. You've just mentioned how great Karabi is as a singer. He's got great control, moving between the tender stuff and slightly more biting. It's, It's all absolutely, um, Intentional, purposeful, and it just flows great. It gradually builds, it it kicks in with this kind of one of those break riffs, then goes into a big rock chorus with like trashy Alice in Chains, sludge blues, stoner rock riff, and and more Alice in Chains vocal harmonies. Um, Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's catchy and poppy, but again, it still has enough darkness in there. Um, So, yes.
0: That, I completely agree with that and th- there's nothing on this album that is really poppy it's all a little poppy just enough to make it catchy and one thing we haven't mentioned is the the twin guitar parts rhythm not lead but there there are really these two people really work well together as guitar partners much better than I would say most most guitar partners really cuz James and James and Kirk basically play the same thing all the time so that's not really this not the same as this you know in in Kiss uh Ace and Ace and Paul they they did what they called was the big guitar theory where you have two players trying to play together to make it sound like one big guitar one really well played guitar rather than two guitars so yeah. there was never that interplay. In Motley Crue, uh, I believe, I can't remember if it was, no, it was um, Nikki Six talked about how it was nice having John there because he was able to take some pressure off of Nikki and allow Nikki to, to stretch his wings a little bit on the base.
1: Yeah, 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 man, sure, sure totally yeah no it's very well constructed all of this is the way the textures um interweave with each other is just just great and you're right though it's all really well written and very well executed and there's there's lots of little bits just that don't just be a tiny little wow in the background but that just
0: comes in at the perfect moment it's also produced so well engineered so well i mean this is it's it's a great record. I can't imagine you know them listening back to this after getting finishing it and going, yeah, we could have improved that.
1: Sure, sure, yeah. So and 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 of course the producer wrote the songs as well, co-wrote yeah. them. So it's well, obviously a
0: very... producer should be co-writing the songs, I think.
1: I think it depends, man. I think it really just depends on the band and what they need and what you know. There's 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 lots of different schools of thought and lots of different approaches, but but when but when that's what you need, it works great, you know. And the producer almost just joins the band for the for the period of, of record, right, exactly. Absolutely, um, absolutely fundamental to the way that the the whole thing is is constructed, rather than just making suggestions about which songs sound good or whether to play a solo or something like that so yes 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 so the next one then is called let it flow i believe that's where we are isn't it
0: yeah yeah let it
1: flow. Uh, yeah so definitely psychedelic steady psychedelic rock with this jangly swirling mix lydian mode guitar thing going on um Good melodies, great feel, great dynamics, really nice textures. Like we were just talking about, you've got some eastern-inspired guitar bends. Almost, sounds almost sitar-esque, almost some microtonal stuff going on, where they're sort of they're um, they're almost bending in between two notes. Um, but it's great. It's well thought through. It's different. It's individual. It's idiosyncratic, but still but still catchy and poppy as well. Um, some cool slide guitar comes in. Nice bluesy solo, another prog rock solo over a more spacey sequence. Then you've got this big bluesy hard rock riff and then it starts to, yeah, it's changed. And I started to feel like maybe it's not exactly the same song anymore. Maybe it's starting to outstay its welcome. Then there's another guitar solo and it is great. Nice balance of technicality and and loose feel. Um, Then some vocals, then even another solo. And then, yeah, I'm feeling like this is definitely going on a bit too long. I think it's in the six-minute sort of category. Then it ends, and then, oh, no, it hasn't. There's the outro riff, the, the, the slowing down. Uh, I've completely forgotten the musical term for that, which I really should know, um, but uh, <laughs> anyway. Um, Rao. there you go. It's the Ral at the end. Um, yeah. It's good, but this was the first point where I started to think, yeah, okay, this this that isn't quite how I would have done it. I'd have maybe just chopped that end bit off and perhaps used it somewhere else.
0: Uh, hopefully nobody heard anything that was just going on on my side of the, the, the monitor. I was listening to Duncan, my, ear, my earphones are in. Uh, I just noticed something on the floor and if I didn't get rid of it at that moment and then the things behind it, my OCD would go nuts. So sorry if you heard that. Um, I I concur on this one. You know, this, it's not a bad song. It's still a very good song. It could have been perfect.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so look, next track then, Empty Soul. So it's a heartfelt kind of tense, balladish atmosphere to begin with. You've got these clean guitars.
0: We're getting into the very sensitive part of the album.
1: Yeah, and look, I'm going to be honest. I, generally speaking, didn't like it as much from here on in. Just just to pre-warn you, Nick. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> so it builds via this pr- filtered drum beat bit, which almost sounds a bit electronic. You've got the filtered drums to make them sound almost like telephone-ish. Then it goes into full on melodic rock. You've got some nice bluesy melodic stuff. Um, you know what? It's totally fine. It's fine. It, to me, it's, it's like Bon Jovi with a little bit more bite. Um, I think it's just a little bit too into that Bon Jovi type of, um, I don't know, um, ballad rock, rock ballads, power ballad thing. I don't know. Maybe you know. Perhaps it's a personal taste thing. I'm he's, making
0: faces at Duncan.
1: Yeah, he's making faces at me. It's totally fine. I don't think it's the best song here.
0: It's um, not the best song on the album. It's not. It's not a bad song. It, it's just the highs on this album are very high.
1: Oh yeah, for sure.
0: And this, I think, if on another album, is a fine song, but you know i don't like the way the one thing about this album and as as i mentioned we are now into the very sensitive portion of the record where they're yeah. really singing about their feelings and their personal stuff and that's fine but maybe you should have broken that up a little bit yeah and, and to
1: be honest for me i think the album is about an hour long and for me it's I, a little I, over long it's a little bit yeah it's a little bit over long um, but you know what? It's totally fine. And part of this is just my personal taste. Um, so, look, let's get on to October morning wind, which is track eight, um, which there was some of that this morning. There was an October morning wind here in Leeds. Um, <laughs> Not
0: here. It is uh, It is warm. It is uh, 86 degrees, which is about, oh, 37 Celsius, I believe.
1: Wow. Yeah. No, we're down to like nineteen. 1820 sometimes type of thing. So yeah, that's pretty hot. That's pretty warm. Yeah. Okay. So there's some acoustic strumming going on. This is very Led Zeppelin 3. Very Led Zeppelin 3.
0: Very um, Led Zeppelin 3, yes. Very, really nice yeah,
1: but... stuff. Really nice stuff. Um, it changes gear to a slightly more bon Jovi mode again, which I'm just I'm not a massive fan of, of that. It, for, for me, it just takes um I'm talking about Bon Jovi, by the way. So for me, Bon Jovi, generally speaking, it's just one step too far in the wrong direction for me to really get behind. You know, I can get into Motley Crue, Bon Jovi, yeah, doesn't quite work for me. So look, you know what, it's well written. It's well written, the solo is pretty good. It does what I've I've said, it falls into the fondue fountain for me. Um, In other words, (laughs) it's it's just a bit too cheesy. But you know what, if you like that sort of thing, and let's face it, if you're into a lot of the other bands that these guys have been in, it's very possible that you do like that sort of thing, then you'll probably love it. You know, it's a good point. It's a good song. It's just a bit too far in that direction for me.
0: I love this song. Shocker, I know. Um, This is another one of the songs where Karabi really stretches his vocal prowess. And it's not something that he was ever really allowed to do before at least in Molly crew i don't know about scream we'll get to scream down the road because that, that's been on the been on the list for a while now and yeah. I wanted to do this now just what with the the announcement of the vinyl coming up but I, I i loved the the chorus acoustic guitars i i this again is also i would say you know early psychedelia it it is poppy it is schmaltzy it is cheesy but i i but I also love Bon Jovi, so... Yeah. I mean, the first couple records.
1: Yeah, no, look, sure, man. And it's totally fine. You know, you're, you're allowed to. Um, so, yeah, a lot of this is just my own taste. It's Im- um,
0: I think it's important to point out the context when we say, oh, this is good, oh, that's not good. when Because, you know, we, we've got different tastes. We're not... And if we had the same, it, this wouldn't be an interesting show, I don't think. It's, and this one is gonna be, this one is especially hard to keep it interesting just because I love this album so much. There's no, it just makes that a little, it makes it a little bit difficult. But, you know, so I, you know, when you say it's a little bit too Bon Jovi for you, okay, that's fine, I get that. Not everybody likes Bon Jovi. For me, it's just the right amount of Bon Jovi, but I also think Slippery When Wet and New Jersey are some of the greatest albums of the 80s, so.
1: No, sure, man, sure, man, no. I mean, again, look, I, I appreciate those albums. They. They do. Oh,
0: here we go. The backtrack, the backtrack.
1: They do what they do very well.
0: Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. He's going to say it.
1: I just, I just wouldn't particularly ever listen to them out of choice. (laughs) You know, I've got them
0: sitting on the shelf next to me on vinyl.
1: There you go. There you go. Okay. Look, so next one, get off my clouds. More psychedelic ish, heavy rock. Mm -hmm. Change sludgy stuff, sludge ish stuff in 5 4 time, a bit Soundgarden using a different time signature with that sort of riff. Catchy, the chorus goes quite fist pumping hair metal. Um, middle eight is cool with some unsettling psychedelic harmonies. Yeah, you know what? Like it, like this song. So,
0: great yeah. song, emotive singing. You know, this is probably the most emotional he sounds on this whole album. You can feel, you know, you. It's hard to really listen to this without hearing a little bit of anger from both Karabi and Kulik over their circumstances. Mm-hmm. And this makes me think that this, you know, get off my cloud. I'll be fine. I'll be just fine without you. And it makes me wonder if there's, there's a meaning that he's not saying.
1: Very possible, very possibly, but yeah,
0: another but... another really strong song. And and it's. I'm going to save that for the sum up. Sure.
1: OK, well, speaking of um, meanings that we're not sure of, I'm just I'm going to bring that in here. So this next song is called Tangerine. Nothing to do with the Led Zeppelin song from Led Zeppelin 3. Irritatingly
0: and, uh, w- from Led Zeppelin 3.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But um, okay, li- so lyrics. Can you tell me what it means? Searching for my tangerine. No, John, I cannot. I definitely can't. Um, but um, anyway, and I looked. Look, I looked at the rest of. The- <laughs> I looked at the rest of the lyrics for context. No, John, no, I cannot tell you what it means.
0: But this is another one of those songs as where they beautifully say nothing yeah yeah this, yeah this is you know this is very much cream's uh tales of brave ulysses this is very much kisses um oh uh going blind this is very much most of what jimi hendrix sang about this is <laughs> and that's what it is it's 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 wonderfully saying nothing yeah, yeah. It, it i don't know what that no, I don't know what it means when you're searching for your tangerine either. If you're really searching for tangerines, I would suggest the grocery store. <laughs> uh, yeah, you may call them, the, I believe you call them the greengrocer in, uh, in England. Um,
1: the greengrocer is not the same as the grocery store. Yeah, the greengrocer is specifically the fruit and vegetable shop, and we have fewer and fewer
0: of them because they have. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, we right. used to call those produce shops. Right. And right. we don't have any of those anymore. Those are all gone. Sure. We have you. Uh, few. Um, yeah, so you might want to go to Organic Produce, as they would say. Uh, yeah. Look for the tangerine there. You'll probably find one pretty darn quickly. And then you can just go check out and go home and... Well, then I don't know. But now as you've written a song about searching for the tangerine, I feel like possibly, this just me, that something serious is happening to the tangerine afterwards, and I'm not interested.
1: This is entirely possible. It's all entirely possible. Um, but... Yeah. Anyway, look. Let's not go too far down that route.
0: So, <laughs> before we move on to to Robin's song, um
1: oh no, I want is... to talk about the actual music. It wasn't just the lyrics. Oh, okay. Want... Go ahead.
0: Go ahead. I got. I got. I got a. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Go ahead.
1: Look, it starts with a blues. I have a started... segue.
0: I have a great segue.
1: Cool. It goes into a mid-fast tempo bluesy riff with semi You've got this kind of Anyway, I'll stop now because that sounds ridiculous, but um, you get the idea of the, the, the sort of tempo and rhythm. The meter, should I say. Bluesy vocals gets poppier. Chorus is very catchy. Again, melodic and poppy. And you know what? It's pretty good. I, I don't think it's the best one on here. It's perhaps slightly more on the throwaway side, but it's totally fine. It's a pretty good song. Um, so that's all I have to say about that, really.
0: Uh, I love this song. It the lyrics are a little eh. yeah. this is this, and this will be the last thing I say and we can move on to the next one. My uh back when this when this band was a going concern i actually saw i, I, I saw them live in 2000 or 2001 i forget now mm-hmm. so the, their their time together was actually a little bit longer than i remembered it was like it was a five year a five yeah. year span but yeah. i believe during that five year, i think it's five years officially not five years active if that makes any sense yeah and yeah. but i my one of my co-workers nate loved this band as well as I did. He also loved the, he loved them because of Karabi more than because of Kulik. But, mm-hmm. and I, I saw them with Nate's best friend, who was a good friend of mine for a number of years as well. And this was his favorite song on the album. And it's followed by his least favorite song on the album.
1: Right. Okay. Well, and this is actually the last track on the original um, US Pressing. There's a couple of bonus tracks on the Japanese edition, which I'm going to talk about one of them in a minute because I heard it because it was on the edition that I listened to. But I did this, not hear it. And I have not heard it. Sure. Well, this is the last proper track on the album. So, and this is called Robin's Song. It's written by Karabi only. It's essentially a solo singer-songwriter song. It's just John Karabi with the acoustic guitar and singing and a couple of minor overdubs um yeah it's well written but for me it is cheesetastic and it, it, it is well written and it works for what it is but it's just too far in that overly sentimental acoustic ballad direction for me and I'm sorry if you love this song Nick I thought it was a bit meh it just didn't it didn't ring true for me it just did didn't, It didn't hit me, didn't get me emotionally. I just thought, yeah, I've heard this all before. It feels a bit trite, feels a bit, yeah, a, a bit over sentimental and, yeah, and, and not a great way to end the album, really. In any case, it's like a very low key end to the album, even if you love it. It's, it seems a bit, bit strange to me to end the album there. But I guess if you find it really poignant, then maybe it seems like the best possible way you could end the album. And since you said the album's perfect, I'm guessing you think it is a good way to end the album.
0: <laughs> so this bet, song, okay,
1: I'm gonna. make oh. on, just before, I bet you're now gonna tell me a story that makes me feel really guilty, like how this song means something really deep to you because of some really like deep and personal thing, and I'm, I'm gonna feel really bad for just trashing it. But anyway, <laughs> yes and no.
0: This okay. was the song he wrote to win his wife back.
1: Right, sure, 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 sure. So he so, did for him, yeah, it wasn't just nonsense. Yeah. Now,
0: my my friend Nate said, I don't know how he thought he would win her back with such a crappy song.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, like, I'm with you, mate, Nate, yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I enjoyed this song. It's 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 a great album ender because you have so much energy and so much passion and so much just rah all over it to end it in just such a very simple stripped down way. It worked really well for me now whether or not i like the song as much just hearing the song rather than hearing it in context might be different there have been a number of albums where i've really really loved the songs until i heard them in context or really really hated the songs until i heard them in context so i've never really heard this one out of context so i can't really speak to that
1: yeah sure 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 well Okay, then, so that would be the end of the album. But on some editions, there were some bonus tracks. So I believe when they repressed the CD in the US, they added one of the bonus tracks, which had originally only been available on the Japanese edition. And that track was Oh Darling, which is a Beatles cover. So I heard that it is pretty good. I would say it's a personally i would say it's a better end to the album than robin's song but nick's gonna definitely disagree with me on that um it doesn't quite fit the feel of the rest of the record because it's essentially it's very well executed just straight version of the song just done in a 1998 hard rock style so the guitars are a bit more distorted the drums are a bit bigger but essentially, it's a pretty straight cover, really. From what I, I didn't go back and listen to the Beatles one, but I've heard it before. Um it's not my favorite song in the world. I'm very, very hit and miss with the Beatles. More miss than hit, really. But anyway, Same. I know you. As well, yeah, the solo's cool. Um that's all I've got to say, really. If you like the song, then check out this version. It's a good version of that song um
0: both karabi and kulik being being musicians of that particular generation are huge beatles fans yeah yeah they also did a at least one maybe two beatles covers on their live album live at the galaxy i know they did strawberry fields forever yeah um and i'm i'm actually going to check that because i'm worried that i just got that wrong
1: I remember reading that they did something uh, when I was doing the research for this and I I can't remember what exactly it said, Um, but um, yeah, here we go. Um, You've got to hide your love away. They did at some point or other. Uh, Yeah, there you go. That's what it is at the live at the galaxy they did, you've got to hide your love away, but they might've done another one as well. So,
0: wow. There's not even a Wikipedia article for live at the galaxy.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at the Wikipedia for the actual uh, band. Yeah. It mentions that. Yeah, OK, look. So um, for me, this is a, I, I guess, is it surprisingly good or is it just, yeah, I guess I, I just didn't really know what to expect, but I went in with kind of low expectations. Um, I was sp- pleasantly surprised um yeah this this overall is a great album there is a lot of really good stuff on this that track for what's it called again i'm gonna love i don't need it anymore there we go that is just a brilliant essential song should be a classic um you know, it's slightly more poppy than a lot of the stuff that I would normally listen to, but there's there's nothing wrong with being melodic and catchy. And it's the sort of music that just puts a smile on your face. You know, it's heavy enough to get your head banging, but it's melodic enough that it just stays in your head and gets you wanting to sing along. And, you know, it makes you feel good. It's uplifting, even though there's a bit of a darkness to it as well.
0: And there's uh, there's going to be a darkness when you consider their situations. You know, Bruce Kulik, especially Bruce. Bruce had been in Kiss at this point for 15 years.
1: Sure, sure. Ten wow, years, yeah. ten
0: years. Like ten yeah, years yeah. officially, but longer than that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, for sure, for sure, man. And and there's some really heavy stuff on it, some really heavy riffs, and there's the production's great. The whole thing's really well put together. Um, yeah, so there's there's a few that don't quite hit the mark for me because they just go a little bit too far down into that Bon Jovi type of territory. but, you know, I guess that goes with the the territory of uh, these sorts of musicians and their backgrounds and stuff like that. But overall, it's like it feels like it's much cooler than it has any right to be in a sense.
0: I for, for somebody who is not, and again, You know, I I made the joke part of, you know, doing half of doing this was to get people to hear love I don't need it anymore some more. But it's just to hear this record again, because this album, if you're not knee deep in it, like I am already, you know, I loved the Motley Crue album I love, you know, the last couple uh, Bruce Hewlett kiss records, if you're not already, you know, sold on these two guys like I was. I wondered what it would be like for somebody else to listen, especially somebody like you, who's not a big Motley Crue fan, not a big, Kiss, not a Kiss fan, even a little, I'm, I'm working on it, I'm trying, <laughs>
1: but,
0: you know, to listen to these songs and to see what somebody outside of my very biased, very blinded worldview is gonna think. Because for me, of course, these songs are amazing. These are two amazing songwriters, two amazing technicians. Uh, and they're completed with an amazing rhythm section why isn't this popular why isn't this a million seller and it's just for me it just never got a chance but I think a big part of that as we've gone through this today Motley Crue fans didn't Motley Crue fans rejected John Karabi and most Kiss fans not flat out rejected but didn't love Bruce Kulick. sure and I think, I think that's what killed it right there, is they didn't have the strong name recognition that they would have needed. But of course, as everybody knows, for me on this one, Spin It or Bennett, this is probably in my, and now, just so I'm clear, this album is much better than the follow-up.
1: Right, okay.
0: The follow-up is about half as good as this, in my opinion. Okay but this album might very well be my favorite kiss related release wow um Ace Fraley's Fraley's Comet comes close but I think I like this one better than even that I don't I don't think there's another kiss related album that I like as much as this one so obviously I'm spin it spin it buy it pre-order it on vinyl once we get the link
1: yeah man look for me it's
0: oh abs- i'm sorry to go back you know because they're releasing this one and the follow-up on vinyl i'm definitely buying this one on vinyl so it's, it's it'll be a literal spin it for me at some point and depending upon pricing i might buy the second one too to give sure. you an idea of the, the drop off between them sure
1: sure yeah no for me it's absolutely definitely a spin it um Look, it's just enjoyable music. It's music that puts a smile on your face. Um, I think that anyone who's into heavy rock, heavy metal, can enjoy this, you know? Just if if you're into the really underground, super heavy, whatever, death metal and all that experimental cool stuff, you know, just put that to one side for a minute and just listen to something that puts a smile on your face um and yeah just just enjoy it so
0: yes spin
1: it definitely spin it
0: agreed and thank you for listening to this one with me this week i really appreciate that it is something that it's just something i really appreciate and i wanted somebody else to get their ears on it um i could gush about this for the next three weeks so i'm gonna shut up do you have anything else
1: no i don't think so apart from to say i enjoyed listening to this too i'm really glad i did and this is one that i think i will go back to especially that uh track for love i don't need it anymore so um so thanks for introducing me to it
0: well thank you for, as always thank you for doing this and we will catch everybody next week have a great week everybody
1: see you guys bye